Hello, this is Melissa. It's Real History, May the 11th, 2023. And today I'm really happy to be joined again by Neil Foster. We had talked the last time we spoke about doing something regular and we thought that it might be on his format, Reality Bites Radio. And, you know, time passes and our lives get really busy. And so we are doing it real history. And hopefully this is going to be a regular occurrence. Hello, Neil. Hi. Good to be back again and uh, alive and kicking, uh, albeit with one with one leg. But uh, yeah, you want to mention that or you say what's going uh, on? No, no, yeah. I just uh, I just I sprained my ankle two days before starting a new job, and uh, it's a it's a busy job which I'm on my feet all the time, and uh. Uh, it doesn't doesn't really help. But it'll it'll get better. I've got another one. Doesn't matter. <laughs> You've got one you can hop around on. Yeah, yeah. So, what are your new, your latest around-the-house projects, if there's anything you want to share with us? Well, because of the, the uh, sprained ankle, it kind of put me back a bit, and then we got some bad weather. Um, the chicken coop I finished yesterday, I'll just to paint some plywood in it, and then we've got to source some chickens. Uh, but in the meantime, we've got some bees, which we'll talk about in a minute, and the unfortunately, the greenhouse was destroyed again. Uh, by very strange winds, which we seem to be getting every so often now. Uh, I think I might, have mentioned, I might have mentioned previously, I had the previous greenhouse, exactly the same style, uh, from the same manufacturer. Uh, it lasted three years without any problems at all, and this new one has been destroyed four times now, and I think it's irreparable now. So uh, uh, I'm just looking at the window here, it's, it's looking pretty bad. So I have to rethink that and maybe do a bit, something a bit more solid, like the, uh, like the chicken coop, which is, it ain't going anywhere. Um, yeah. I might have to do something like that. But, uh, yeah, bees. I got bees. I upset them last night. It's the first time I looked at them in a week because I was still, I was told I better leave them alone for a week once they moved into a new house and, uh, they were doing pretty well. And they're still doing pretty well. But, uh, I upset them last night. I don't have enough smoke on them to calm them down. Uh-huh. But, uh, <laughs> does, does the smoke make them sleepy? What, what, uh, no, the, the, the purpose of the smoke is to fool them into thinking there's a forest fire. And then they, they go they go down into the the brooding chamber and load up on a load of honey, which they'll have to take somewhere else to build a new house. But you just right. give them enough so that it, it, it makes them go down into the thing so you can take the the uh, the honeycomb type things out the frames. Okay. But that's it. But anyway, yeah. So you're committing psychological warfare on them. <laughs> well, <laughs> it, it, it's for their own good. <laughs> It's, it's so I can steal their honey later. <laughs> yeah. Which I, I, I've got to actually, I was looking at um, the, the price of the boxes. You've got, you, you've got the, what I've got now is the brood chamber, which is basically where the queen is and lays the eggs, where the new bees are born, where the workers and the drones are. And they go out and get the stuff and they fill all that up and start making honeycomb and stuff like that. But all the honey in there is for them. You don't touch that. Mm-hmm. Um so now I've got to get a little box that goes on top, which is slightly smaller, because once they fill that with honey, you wouldn't be able to lift it. So I've got to do that. I was looking at buying them, but it was very expensive, so I'm going to make my own out of pine and stuff and just buy the frames. And then, hopefully, uh, maybe six months, six months, right through, well, we've got right through the summer, so hopefully by, you know, autumn, winter, I shoot up some honey. Yeah. But uh, I bought a little book, just a little basic beginner's book. I've got another one actually coming today, a more kind of comprehensive one. Because uh, I'm not, uh, I've watched some videos and stuff, but as we all know, the internet might go tomorrow or the next day, who knows. <laughs> so it's better, it's better to have a book. And uh, 
I was looking at the purpose of the bees. And it, I mean, this is very general and very, very basic. But of course, everybody's heard of the queen bee, right? Mm-hmm. You, get one, you get one queen bee in a hive. And if the hive gets too full, then the, the other bees start making another queen. And then the original queen goes off and starts another colony, which is when you buy a new bee box and you start another one yourself. Mm-hmm. But anyway, the queen bee, I'll, I'll just read this uh, verbatim as, it, as it's here, it's not very long. Uh, the queen bee is identified by a noticeably elongated body and straight stinger with no barbs. Drones are identified by their south bodies and large eyes. Worker bees have a barbed stinger and hind legs specialised for collecting pollen. Each worker's bee's legs are flattened and covered with long fringed hairs that form a pollen basket. So the, the function, the queen basically lays the eggs and the queen can decide whether it's going to be a worker bee, a drone bee, you know, a male or a female basically. The, the queen bee can decide that because she apparently knows what she needs in the hive, which is quite remarkable. It is. But, um, the worker bees, the worker bees are female. They're all female. And they, their function is to do the cleaning. They go out, uh, get the pollen. They, they fight off predators. They do all that kind of stuff. And the only role for the very small male population is to mate with the queen bee. That's it. Now, now, when that, you talk about male population, you're not talking about the drones. Yes. You are talking about, okay, they mate with the, the queen. Yeah. Or, or the queen goes out and mates with other drones from another hive. It doesn't necessarily have to be her own. But, yeah, a very small male population whose only function is to uh, mate with a, a new queen or a virgin queen, it says here, and immediately after mating, they die. Ooh. So you've got the females doing all the work. And the male's only function is to impregnate the queen, and then they're dead. <laughs> so there's not much role for a male, really, in this society. And it's, it's, it's very um, reminiscent of uh, the human race these days, Yeah, I think. that is um, interesting. And if you look at, uh, I, I don't know if you ever saw the, you might have seen some of it, um, The Handmaid's Tale, or read the book even. Yes. The Handmaid's Tale. Yes. Well, again, you've got the, the female there. The females seem to be doing all the work. And there's, I think there's very few male characters in it who aren't of the elite class. Right. I think there's a, sh- a chauffeur or something. That's that's the only male character I can remember. But yeah, it's, it's the females are doing all the work. And even if you go to across to like Greece or Turkey, it's even today it's, it's the females that do most of the agricultural work, the gardening, even out in the fields and stuff. You know, so the foraging, if you like. So yeah, it's it's, uh, it's interesting that they kind of want us to be living in a beehive type society. It is. Well, now, there, there is something that somebody told me um, just recently, a month or two ago, about bees. They said, because you said that, the, that they can make a new queen. Yes. So what someone told me is that anyone can be made a queen if they get all the royal jelly. Yes. That's, that's another f- role of the worker bee is to feed the queen royal jelly. Isn't that interesting? It's like, why don't they feed themselves the royal jelly? <laughs> well, yeah. Well, they're, they're, they're subservient to the queen. Yes. They could, they could, they could, uh, yeah, if they, if they thought logically, they could say, hold on a minute, hold on a minute, I could be, I could be ruling this hive. I that's could be right. I could be queen. Yeah, I could be out there having all the sex I want with all these drone queens out there, you know, whatever, eating all this honey and just doing what I like. But uh, mm-hmm. no, I've got these guys, I've, I've, got, I've got to obey, I've got to obey the rule of the hive. 
That's interesting. Well, one thing that you were talking about, like in Greece or other countries, the women doing the agricultural work, how long has that been the case? Oh, I think forever. Really? Yeah. I mean, well, I, I, the last time I was in Turkey was, I don't know, maybe 15 years ago, maybe more. And they were still doing it then. You know, you'd, you'd drive along the street and you'd see them out in the fields working away. And even, even in my garden in Bulgaria, the, the woman of the house does most of the garden. And, what do uh, the men do? Well, they, well, it, it, it depends who he is. If he, if he wants to help, he'll help. But uh, generally, uh, they'll go to the bar. Ah. I, I say uh, St. Valentine's Day over there is uh, is wine day for the men. Uh-huh. They don't spend they don't they don't spend it together. Yeah. With the wives or, or girlfriends, you know. But, uh, yeah, that's the first wine or something they have. That would be interesting to know how long that went on culturally for them, if it's, you know, a forever, like, just the position of the role of men and women in society. Well, but yeah, we're, we're always told it's uh, ev- everywhere is a patriarchal society. Well, mm-hmm. you know, in, in some, to some degree, of course, it is, because the, the men are sitting back and letting the women do all the work. Then, then you would have the, the so-called feminist movement demanding jobs. You know, and you think, well, hold on a minute. You, you were doing all the jobs in, in these cultures. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are they going to, are they going to say we don't want to work anymore? Are they going to do the opposite? Oh, yeah. You know, but, it, yeah it's, it's time our husbands looked after us, you know? Interesting. Kind of well, I don't know if this is true or not. I've never been to Japan and I've, I've actually never asked a Japanese person this. But I remember reading that even though they consider Japan to be a patriarchal society and you always have the image of the men in the sushi bar and the men in the suits doing the you know tech industry and all of that they said that the home life and the sort of the the power of the the house and how it flows is in the woman's hands that the man even if he's like a mid-level executive he brings his paycheck home to the woman she decides how the money is going to be spent. She deals with all of the, again, it's the woman doing the work as the, yeah. is what you're saying, but she's paying all the bills and arranging all of the services for the maintenance of their life. But I don't know if that's true or not, that she I actually. Think, I think, yeah, I think, I think that goes on in uh, Indian culture as well and some of the Asian cultures. I think that's kind of similar to that. Hmm. I think that they, like, because I think in the Indian culture, the daughter-in-law, has to come and live in the parent, the, the son's family house. And the, the mother-in-law is her boss, and she has to do what she says. Oh, interesting. And that, so she's kind of in training to be the mother-in-law herself the next year. Did, did, yeah. were, you, were you ever into Gilbert and Sullivan, the comic uh, operas? No. Yeah, okay. uh, no. I, think, I think we got some of them at school, but that was it. Yeah. <laughs> uh. That's, well, there's just a song in, in the Mikado, Hail, Hail to the Daughter-in-Law-Elect. <laughs> it's just the woman throwing her weight around. From every kind of man obedience I expect I'm the Emperor of Japan And I'm his daughter-in-law-elect He'll marry his son He's only got one to his have been declared particularly correct. But they're not 
Well, Mikado's Japanese, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I mean, the bee, the bee thing's interesting. <laughs> yeah, you can understand why the water's living in a beehive. And, uh, again, uh, well, okay, the beehive is, uh, is a 15-minute city, I guess. Yes. In, in, one, in one respect. And could, because each 15-minute city is going to have its own governor or ruler or, or queen bee or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a local council official or I don't know I don't know what they're going to call them I'm sure they'll come up with some nice name that uh, just rolls off the tongue and we can all be happy saying it but um, and uh, yeah the, uh, <laughs> the the workers and the drones I, I don't know um, maybe maybe the the workers because there's, you know there's a lot of heavy work to do maybe they'll just get some transgenders to do it and uh, they can claim they're women and they'll do all the heavy lifting I don't, I don't know and, and because I mean let's face it the women aren't going to be having babies or anything so and uh the males are probably going to be sterile anyway, so they ain't going to be mating with the queen, are they? Uh, no, exactly. And what, what were you telling me right when we were doing a little bit of a sound check about sterility? Oh yeah, that was the that was a Daily Mail article last week. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And I'll just bring it up here. And it, it starts off with the word exclusive, which, uh, <laughs> as I mentioned to you in our, our preamble, uh, I think everybody who's actually try to, to point all this stuff out over the past three years should sue the Daily Mail for uh, the use of that word because uh, there's nothing exclusive about it. And the headline is Face Masks May Raise Risk of Stillbirths, Testicular Dysfunction and Cognitive Decline Due to Build-Up of Carbon Dioxide Study Warns. Well, it either, it either does or it doesn't, so I don't know why they're warning you. I mean, you know, it's got here the... Um, the NIOSH, I guess that's some safety organisation, eight-hour threshold limit for safe CO2 concentrations is 0.5%. Now, I remember watching videos way back at the start of this, uh, when the masks first came out, of people who knew what they were talking about with uh, CO2 meters and putting the masks on and saying how high the concentration of CO2 was. It was something like uh, 20 or 30 times above the safe threshold. Uh, so they knew that these were just ordinary school teachers in a, in a science department. I mean, they weren't, they weren't, uh, you know, Tony Fauci or anybody like that with his, uh, dubious degrees and things and his penchant for lying. <laughs> but, um, these, these, this was common knowledge. So I don't know how the Daily Mail can say it's exclusive. But, um, and they've got a big red arrow pointing at the mask saying, masks trap CO2, which is then inhaled. Well, I guess if we have to stop breathing, I guess that's one way to do it, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And make yeah. you sick at the same time. Mm-hmm. Now there's, I mean, the the fact that there are still people wearing them. They, I don't remember the name. What was that? That independent uh, review that is supposedly respected that talked about both the harms and the ineffectiveness of the masks. This this came out probably about four or five months ago now, mm-hmm. and people still wear them. I, well, I, saw, I, I think. I've seen I've seen more people wearing them this week. They brought out the new variant, of course, Arcturus mm-hmm. or something like that, or whatever. Yeah, Greek, some Greek god apparently, or some kind of god. And they've started wearing them again. And I'm getting to the point where 
I'm just laughing at them as I walk by and shaking my head. <laughs> just, what, are you, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? I, I saw somebody today. This without a word of a lie. I saw. I was. I was at the store today this morning, and I saw somebody come out of the store with the mask on, mm-hmm. walk up to their own car, and wipe the handle with a wet wipe before they got in. <laughs> they were in the car themselves. They well, got out you, of the car. You never they know. Go. Somebody might have just as an act of maliciousness walked by and put their I handprint. The handle. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. While they were inside shopping, yeah. so better safe than sorry, right? <laughs> well. I'll, Oh, I wonder if they locked it because they might have had to swab the hole inside the car in that case. Somebody yeah. might have been mistaken and just got in their own car and fixed <laughs> the whole place. <laughs> yeah. That, there, there'll be new sign that, you know, uh, 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 don't breathe and drive. You know? <laughs> don't breathe and drive. <laughs> no, I, I can't recall now. This was probably back in the summer of 2021, I was driving on a freeway and I saw a sign and it said, seat belts and vaccines both save lives. <laughs> and I, I, you know, so they, they were really pushing that. And then I turned on the radio. I knew that I was running the risk of, you know, becoming upset to turn on public radio, but I did it anyway. Mm. And after about an hour into the drive, some expert came on, and it, I think he was a psychiatrist, and he was talking about how to deal with vaccine hesitancy. And he said, and in this particular case, I think the woman that called in had a teenager who was, say, like 16 or 17, and they were saying that they did not want to get vaccinated. And the psychiatrist said, well, you have a right to just put your foot down and override that because what if your teenager told you that they weren't going to wear a seatbelt? You would have to insist that they wore a seatbelt for their own safety and the safety of others. And I thought, well, there, you know, there's your talking points. Everybody gets the same talking points. So Mm -hmm. you you get it in story. I just looked up Arcturus and it is the brightest star in the Northern constellation of, I'll probably not say this correctly, but Boots, 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 the northern constellation of Boots. Okay. Yeah, it's um, the third brightest star in the night sky. So why did they pick that for the variant? Uh, Ooh, maybe it's, it's, a, it's a the boots stamping on your face, whatever. Oh, maybe that's what maybe it is. It. Yeah. yeah. Oh, here's here's the way that you get Russia and Ukraine in there too at the same time because and it says it comes from ancient Greek that means guardian of the bear. Oh yeah, that was it. Yeah. 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 Watch your Got guardian. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just just a little thing on road signs. I, when I'm when I'm uh, going back to my place of work uh, at the end of the day, there's uh, these signs above the highway on I4, mm-hmm. and it says, you know, it tells you how, how far it is to the next exit. It says, uh, 98 exit, 9 to 11 minutes. Yes, I bet I've seen that. <laughs> why, can't, why can't they say 10? I know. They've got this 9-11. Yeah. Yeah, they're doing think, it here. Uh, yeah, they're doing it here in this state, too, where they give you a, a range. And it's like, well... If I if I take if I opt for nine minutes, am I getting a speeding ticket? Yeah. Well, of course, uh, I, I said many years ago, my friends, you know, the, the, who were driving way up above the limit on a lot of occasions, I says, listen, 
That's it. And in the UK, I don't know if you're aware of this, um, I think Alan might have mentioned it, they've got uh, average speed, speeds, average speed zones, right? So I nailed them on the, high, the main highways as well as uh, just the, the normal public roads. And it will say average speed zone. And it will say, for example, 50 miles an hour. And this will go on for like three or four miles, or maybe longer sometimes. So basically, if you think about it, you can go 25 miles an hour for the first half of that journey, and then you can go 75 miles an hour for the second half, and you're still following the average speed. And I, I said to a police officer once, how does that make any sense to you? Because it's only judging the average speed it's taking you to get from point A to point B. It doesn't know if you've been speeding. Right. Right. You know? Did, he, and, did the uh, police officer... No, he didn't, he, he, he didn't understand what I was talking about. <laughs> I said, well, is, if it's average, it's average. So it doesn't matter what speed you're going, as long as you make it from point A to point B, and it looks like you've done 50 miles an hour all the way there. <laughs> <laughs> but no. And he said, well, if you, if you were speeding, you'd be caught. I said, how? I said, unless there's a police car on that road, which there isn't, and that's why they've got these cameras up in uh, average speed zones. <laughs> that's, that's, you're using logic. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Uh, that's a terrible aff- affliction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so, yeah, bees. Yeah, as I say, I upset the bees last night, but, uh, well, that's it. It'll be better tomorrow. And then you... You said that you'll probably get honey in the fall or late summer. I think so. They're, they're, they're quite busy bees. Uh, I took, uh, I had to, what you've got to do is you've got to take, I got five racks from a guy who I got the bees from, so they were already um, started making a honeycomb and stuff. And basically you've got to take out, they've got to fill the whole thing. So you've got to take out the middle ones or they get too crowded and they put the empty ones towards the centre. Mm-hmm. Things like that, you know, and shuffle them about, which uh, annoys them a bit. Once it gets... I think three quarters full then I have to put the, the box on top where they're going to put the excess honey because there's no room down below anymore and that's the honey I can take and I have to keep looking out for another queen getting built because if they, if they make another queen while there's a queen in there that means the original queen's getting ready to leave mm-hmm. and take and take half the bees with her so at that point I have to buy another brood box find find the queen take it out and put it in the other box mm. <laughs> and get them all to go in there do they, I mean, have you read up on it and they, they all know to follow yeah. her? And, yeah. yeah. I, I wonder how they decide who's going with the old queen and who's staying with the new one. Well, you do it before the new one's born. Oh. You do it just before the new one's born. So okay. you've, got that, you've got the ones transferred that are going to go and the rest of them are there looking after the, the one that's coming along. Okay. That's my um, perception of it, having only been doing it for, what, 10 days. <laughs> you, you're, you're now a beekeeping expert. You, you know more than well, I do. <laughs> ten, 10 days without a sting. I'm doing okay. Yeah. But it, when, I, when I was out doing my job, I got stung by two yellow jackets, so that was uh, that made up for it, I guess. Uh, there you go. You were mentioning the last time we spoke the 15-minute cities, right? Yep. There's more on this. They, they, I mean, I know you know, but they, keep, they seem to be really hyping it up in Florida right now. Are you hearing yep. more about this? Yeah, I, mean, I, I just looked up yesterday, 15 minutes in the USA. They're everywhere. Uh-huh. They're everywhere. They're, they're yeah. springing up all over the place. Mm-hmm. Re- um, Fort Myers is the first one in Florida, uh, which I mentioned last time. And, uh, of course, uh, DeSantis is um, all for smart cities and uh, wants to make Florida the smartest state in America. Well, that tells you exactly where he's going, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, he's all on board with the, the Great Reset, obviously. Yeah. yeah. 
I, I try to I try to say to people, you know, 15 minutes. I spoke to somebody the other day there, and they were like, oh, "Well, what's wrong with that?" Actually, I was I was training I was training somebody the other day, and it was a young lad, and he was uh, he was obviously a greenie. He was he loved animals and all this kind of thing. He was a bit of a tree hugger, and he was he was looking forward to the day when uh, the company got electric uh, vehicles. And I, I, you know, I said to him, I said, "Have you seen how many of them go on fire?" I said, "I won't be driving one." I said, "I certainly won't be driving one." He says, "Oh, but it goes on fire. You can get out." I says, "No, you can't." They lock themselves up. You're, you're done. You ain't getting out of that. I said, I said, um, we, we got talking. He was, he was quite well read for, for what he had read. You know, it was mainly the mainstream narrative. And, uh, he got onto, oh, that sounds like communism, blah, blah, blah. He says, well, the 15 minute city is a prison. That's what it is. Yes. And he says, he says, what do you mean? He says, well, it says you're, you're, everything you require will be in that 15 minutes, whether it's a walk or a bicycle ride from your, from your place of residence, whether it's a, you know, a, a chicken coop in a high-rise building or, or whatever, an RV. And uh, I said, because you won't have a car. And he says, well, they can't stop you leaving. I says, of course they can stop you leaving. He says, mm-hmm. how? I says, well, you'll have a digital ID and you'll have digital cash and you won't be able to spend it outside your 15 minutes, say. So mm-hmm. what are you going to do? I says, ah, they can't stop you leaving. They can't stop you leaving. That was his, that was his, they wouldn't go past that point. So, That's... I mean, he's only, he's only in his 20s. So, I mean, you know, I think, well, a lot to learn. I was speaking with someone um, just recently, and they used the, the word geofencing. And I've, I've heard the word before, but I really had to say, I, I don't know what that means. You know, well, I, I, guess, don't, I don't know exactly what that means, and they explained guess, it to me. Yeah, I guess, I guess all you have to think about is um, the, what the things they put on dogs. They put these electric, these collar things on dogs, or a chip or whatever they put in the dog, and he can't go past this fence at the end of his yard. Mm-hmm. I guess it's the same thing, isn't it? I mean, we, we've seen movies like that. I think uh, was it wasn't the hung was it the Hunger Games where they had a fence they couldn't get outside they couldn't it was invisible but they couldn't go. I think that was the Hunger Games, yeah. Yeah, the yeah, virtual. it's an invisible yeah. an invisible barrier. Yeah, and people would get um, either you know killed or knocked down or. or yeah. It is, a, I guess, a GPS tracking location base that works through all your devices, and um, what or they you. were. Yes, yeah, exactly. What they were saying is, you know, the way that this is already being introduced, though, it's all nicey-nicey and nudge-based so that you will, um, you'll just, if, if you, you, if you, you leave your little... Aunt, yeah, it gets lost in the woods. Yeah, well, or, or, or that if you go, say, five minutes away or a mile outside of your little geofenced area, they start pumping your device with ads that basically just lure you back into your zone. So it's not yeah. a punishment thing, it's the carrot. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I guess it'll start that way. Yes, exactly. And what, I mean, what, what else can they put through the device? Can they give you an electric shock through it? Like a oh, taser? I, I'm, I'm, sure. I'm sure. <laughs> or think about, think about things like um, the fact that they already can, through the digitization of your automobiles they can already just turn your engine off oh yeah right? yeah my, my, so. my friend uh friend uh lives in norfolk mm-hmm. and he's he's been looking at all this stuff for years and years the same as me he, he remembers they did an experiment in norfolk as he puts it and there was one day uh, the, the, one of the major supermarkets or safeways or something or maybe as one of those big supermarkets i mean the car park was full you know and nobody could get in a car nobody could start the vehicle nothing all at, all at the same time. Really? There was, no, there was no freaky weather. There was nothing. It just, everything was switched off. New cars. 
not the, the old, uh, you know, the ones that actually have mechanical parts. Right. Th- those ones, are, those ones are okay. Did but, uh, yeah. the, your friend who was telling you that was there a reaction as part of this? Well, people, perhaps. I mean, this is he's well, that's what, this must be fifteen years ago. Ah. It's a long time ago. And nobody understood it. They just thought it was uh, something to do with the weather or something. Else. You know, I don't know what mm-hmm. they justify justify it to themselves with. I don't know. Uh, coincidence. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the five hundred cars in the car park just uh, don't start at the same time. It's a coincidence. Yeah, mm. but people were locked. In, people were locked in the vehicles. Couldn't get out. Oh. You know, this is. Uh, I guess they're testing all that stuff out. Well, I guess now that the new vehicles will have to come with an axe that's attached to the back seat that's, you know, yeah, break, break yeah. glass in case of emergency. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it'll, be ten- it'll, be, it'll be tempered glass, so you can't do that. Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right. <laughs> yeah. They think of everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. Uh, they're talking about, uh, where I work, talking about getting a couple of these electric electric cargo vans, and uh, I've already told, told them I won't drive one. So uh, we'll see what happens with that. But uh, they've got enough trouble keeping the phones charged mm-hmm. uh, all day at the moment um, mm-hmm. with the amount of work that the phone has to do to keep up with what we're doing. Um, so I don't know how the, the electric vehicle is going to keep up. <laughs> well, you you know that it isn't intended to keep up. They don't want us driving at all. They, You know, we're supposed to walk and bike in our 15-minute cities. The cars are out of the equation. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I'm a delivery driver, right, for the enemy. I'll, uh-huh. I'll put it that way. Everybody knows who that is. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I, I think, and I'll say that the other, the other company I worked for, which I've mentioned to you, I didn't, I'm not, not going to mention it here. Um, they're, they're now going for, through their union, of course, uh, the union is uh, all for the workers, uh, of course. Uh, they're going for $50 an hour and Ooh. less work, less work. And they don't want any help at Christmas, apparently. Really? Which is which is the work I was doing. So I'm thinking, well, you can't have it always. And most of the drivers I helped out when I was doing it were very, very grateful because they were overworked. Mm-hmm. Um, There's just the odd few who were like, oh, you're taking my work off me. And I was thinking, well, you should do it quicker. I wouldn't be here. You know, I don't say that to them because, you know, I just, well, whatever. I'm just doing what I'm told. Right. You know, boss, your boss sent me here, so that's it. I know, I mean, yeah, you know, most of these guys are younger than me anyway, so I don't take any nonsense for them either. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, the way it's going, and I think there's only going to be one. You know, as they say, there can be only one, and I think yeah. the the enemy that I'm working for has been set up as the one. Yes. But they won't do it. They won't do it with electric vehicles. They'll well, do it with drones. <laughs> speaking of speaking of the one, I read just this morning that it looks like the airline pilots are definitely striking. Yeah, the ones that are still alive and able to work. <laughs> That's terrible, Neil. Well, there's, uh, there's a... It's there's, true, there's no, but... I, I think there's a global shortage of pilots now. <laughs> yeah. Which is just just as well, because there's less flights, so it doesn't really matter, does it? It kind of pans itself out, and uh, I guess that's, that, that's the plan. Uh, you may have heard me mention Dr. William Mackis from Canada. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I yeah, think he's, he's putting out some... Very sobering information, and he'll he'll will do that. He'll start with one pilot who died suddenly, or one uh, boxer, or athlete, or weightlifter, or high yeah. school student, 
and or a pregnant woman and he'll he'll cover that story in depth and then he goes on to list 15 or 20 other similar stories and it's it's really upsetting when you see this and we don't know can that can this all be fallout we we don't know we don't even know the status of a lot of these people but the fact that he's uh, collating them i guess is the word that you would use it putting all of this information and just showing you it's yeah and it's across it's across every every sector of uh, society it's mm-hmm. not just limit, it's not just limited to the athletes who are suddenly dropped dead of heart attacks. No, no. The one he when he did this week was bus uh, school bus drivers, and these were school bus drivers across the world. So there was one in Brazil and one in Italy, et cetera, et cetera. And they just yeah. you know ran they're into hired, a tree. Yeah, they're they're hiring bus drivers here constantly. There's, really, there's, they've always got ads up. They're, they're never not hiring. Put it that way. Mm. I mean, a, a part of it's the, the job, I guess. It's uh, you, you know, your days kind of split up. You're, you can't really plan anything mm-hmm. um, Monday to Friday. But uh, they're, they're always hiring here. Same, same with truck drivers, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's tragic. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, back at the beginning of this, uh, you know, it was. Uh, do you know anybody who's had in, in very common COVID? And what? No. No, nobody I spoke to knew anybody. And people said, "Oh, I had COVID," but I, I, you know, I just I said, "Well, that's what you were told you had, right?" Okay, whatever. But you know, at the time, people say, "Well, you're going to know somebody who'd, who's been harmed by a vaccine," and yet we do. And you're going to know somebody who's died, and yet we do. Right. You know, we never knew anybody with COVID. Yeah. The great, the greatest pandemic in you know world history since the so-called Spanish flu. Yeah. Which was, which wasn't flu. Right. <laughs> Um, but I, I was uh, just on just on the COVID thing. I was listening to some over the past couple of weeks actually, because it's a long kind of podcast, and going into all the details of how the Department of Defence was involved and all this kind of stuff. And uh, it, it made a couple of calls to pharmacies. Now the the uh, emergency use authorisations ended for those shots, and they're only supposed to be using the authorised version, which I think is uh, Spikevax is one of them, and uh, Comirnaty is the other mm-hmm. one. Well, uh, they're, o- they're only supposed to be using those because they're the only ones that apparently are authorised and none of the pharmacies have got them. They're still giving out the, the ones that are discontinued, which is illegal, mm-hmm. which is yeah. a crime. It, it <laughs> is, but there's something else too about the comernity. See, comernity, here it is, I'm just pulling it up. Um, that's the F- it's the FDA-approved monovalent COVID-19 vaccine made by Pfizer for BioNTech. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm not going to find it here because obviously I'm on some authorized site, but it's Comirnaty, it's it's still, Comirnaty is still authorized under the emergency use authorization. So even Comirnaty is not, it's the FDA has approved it, but they've only approved it for emergency use. Yeah. And the emergency has been lifted and there you are in the pharmacy and that's still the one they're giving out. Yeah, and al- and also it's uh, it's been uh, shown that it's legally distinctive from the previous one, so it's a different product completely. Mm-hmm. That's right. And they're not telling you that either. No. So so I mean the the pharmacy from what this guy was doing, as I say, he was phoning, he phoned Wal- uh, Walgreens and CVS, and he was going. To, I think this week he's going to phone some of the hospitals to see if they know what they're talking about. But none of them had any idea, even about the brand names. Mm-hmm. 
they had no idea what they were giving people, uh, what the difference between the, the monovalent and bivalent was, and they had no idea that the emergency use authorization ones were being given out illegally. They had no idea. And that's the, that's the people that are supposed to give you uh, the advice so you can make an informed decision on whether you want to take this or not, and they don't know what they're talking about. So how can they give you information for your informed consent? It's impossible. It's a, you know, it's a, an operation that has succeeded for them on many, many levels. Oh, yeah. As I say um, in our preamble, um, I, st- I read the... Uh, it, it, it hurt me a lot to read it again because it was bad enough the first time, but uh, COVID-19, The Great Reset by Mr. Slob <laughs> and his, and his, uh, his uh, cohort, Mallory. Yeah. And uh, interesting, at the end... You know, his, uh, his acknowledgements are to his own wife and the wife of this other creep yeah. <laughs> for the help. You know, keep it in the family, right? But, uh, I mean, I, I marked so many pages in this, it's impossible to find out exactly what I was looking at at the time without having to read a paragraph to go, oh, that's what I was talking about. But uh, right near the end, I don't know if it's in the conclusion or not, but he says this, this whole book is speculative. Mm-hmm. None of it's fact, and yet mm-hmm. all of it's come true. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. What, what a genius. I mean, that, that guy should do the lottery if he needed it. But yeah, it's, it's some, I mean, some of this stuff in here, is, it, it, when you're reading it, it is all speculative. Because there's no basis for any of those the assumptions made in this book to what's going to happen. Especially when you talk about the you know, climate change and all this rubbish. Well, that's got nothing to do with any, any of this. I recall in the book when he was talking about climate change, he was talking about... The idea that there was a market in Wuhan and a bat brought over this disease. So that was what he was on about. But he said that um, that this had happened because of climate change. Yeah, and uh, did somebody tell the bat? I, mean, I, I don't know. That uh, The bat in China must have uh, read his previous book on the Fourth Industrial Revolution, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. But, uh, have you seen just... that one, Neil? Have you seen the, what is it, a quarter that they released in, I think it was the spring of, no, maybe January of 2020, the, the bat quarters? Yes, I saw one, yes. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, yeah just a coincidence. Uh, Again, it's another one. Another of course, one. yeah. I, I mean, what's it now? Heads or t- what's on the other side? Guana or guano. Is that what they call it? Droppings? Oh, yeah. Bat droppings. (laughs) Bat guano. (laughs) Flip a coin, bat a crap. (laughs) Heads and tails is gone now. That's That's probably politically incorrect. You know, I mean, when you see things like this, again, it's back to um, COVID-19, the Great Reset book. As I recall, that was published in June of 2020? 2020, yeah. Right. June 2020. So... That was an awful lot of speculating that they did to get that from, let's say, March of 2020 to publication, right? Oh, yeah. Before, this before the shots even come out. Uh-huh. You know, and, uh, uh, yeah, as you say, it's all speculation on what's going to happen next. Da, 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 da. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, yes, yeah, I'm just July 2020 it was published. Okay. Uh, but he, he, he says in the book at the time of writing, June 2020, so he got it published in a month. It's amazing. Well, yeah, <laughs> uh, that's, that's, he knows uh, he he knows people, and he knows people who yeah, know well, people. <laughs> I, t- I tell you what, he's got he's got the he's must have the best editors in the world. This guy, right? Because uh, he's got control. Of, he's got control of all the publishing houses, and they're still spell spell mistakes in it. So uh, I, I, you know, uh, it must have been a rush job. Uh, you know, we'll give them we'll give them you know, a bit of leeway. 
Well, <laughs> what are some of the other highlights? Because I haven't looked at it in a couple of years. I'm uh, as I say, I, I've marked so many pages here. I had to go to each one and then look down at what I was looking at. They talk about possible Japanification. I don't even know that was a word of the world. So which everything becomes smaller. I guess that includes your uh, habitat. Because in Japan, I don't, I don't know if you've seen some of these uh, documentaries on how, how they live there. They're yes. living in these um, basically coffins in the wall yes. in some places. And uh, the little apartments are, I mean, I'm sitting in my garage doing this, and this is probably twice the size of one of their apartments, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's a big garage, but that's, that's neither here nor there. But, you know, they're living in shoeboxes, basically. If you, if you take that to the next, it's a 15-minute city, isn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. that's it. And, and, and will the 15-minute city remain a 15-minute city, or will it become a 10-minute city, and then a 5-minute city? Because one of the, one of the justifications, apparently, for uh, Fort Myers becoming a 15-minute city was due to its increasing population. Well, how does that work? Mm-hmm. Surely you need to make the place bigger, not make it smaller. I mean, are you going to cram more people into this 15-minute city and make it like a ghetto? Yeah. Because that's 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 if it's if it's the population growth that's uh, causing the rise of the 15-minute city, then it's going to get overpopulated, isn't it? Because a 15-minute city isn't going to reduce the population density; it's going to increase it. I wouldn't exactly call the the area that I'm in rural, but it has tr- historically been sparsely populated. Now the cities are kind of using parts of this area as bedroom communities, but it's still pretty sparsely populated. But that has not stopped what I've seen, which is a trend towards tiny houses. So what I'm saying, if they can do tiny houses in rural Texas, where there's a lot of land and a lot of room, they can do it anywhere. Because what they're doing, Neil, you know those sheds that one can purchase for their back? I was just going to bring that up. Yes. Well, there's there's a whole little village on the highway just out of town of it's a tiny home neighborhood <laughs> and they've got these their their sheds yeah that you you store you know shovels and bicycles and you know whatever you overflow from your garage you have and they're turning them into homes yeah and i you know i saw somebody else passing out flyers for us, these were still shed homes, but they were like two-bedroom shed homes, you know, where they'd taken uh, a slightly larger shed and modified it. And, and, you know, there was all this propaganda around it where the woman is just talking about how comfortable she is in her tiny home because it's so organized and efficient. And <laughs> Yeah, you've got to fold your bed away and uh, you've got to fold your sofa away. It isn't a home at all. It's just a cupboard. Yeah. Um, and you've just got as much stuff in it as you can possibly squeeze into it, including yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not. It's, that's that's not a home. That's a. That's that's like something you go on holiday to for two yeah. weeks, and it, you go out of your mind after two weeks living in it, yeah. and you want to you want to get out of it. Um, it's, it's, I mean, it's just it's this blatant propaganda because I, I yeah I can't see anybody. I mean, obviously they're not going to be able to have a family, right? No. But they'd be lucky to have two people in one of those. Never mind three. Um, so he talked of, he in the book he talked about Japanification. What else uh, flipping oh. through it do you see? Let me see. I'll have to flip through it. Oh, mental health. Yeah, mental oh. health. <laughs> he's saying he's saying that um, I never marked that page. I must have. He mentioned it a few times, and he said he said. I mean, this is this is stuff they knew before they even did the lockdowns. Right. They knew the lockdown. They, and he's, he's he's almost 
bragging about their knowledge, uh, saying that they, they knew, they know that uh, now, they know now, I mean, the lockdowns weren't going on that long in June 2020. I think they'd only just started. Or, you know, we're, we're at two weeks to flatten the curve kind of thing. Yeah. Um, uh, probably six months in. But he talks about uh, the the effect on the, on you know, he talks about humans being a social animal, blah, 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 all this stuff. Well, we, we, we can't uh, go too long without other people's company. And the isolation has, has severely affected those who already had some kind of mental health issue, uh, probably caused by him and his cohorts uh, in some other capacity through you know, alcohol or drugs or whatever it was, uh, pornography, you name it. It, it talks about um, the isolation of not uh, the loneliness of not being able to see your uh, your loved ones, your family in hospitals. You can't go to funerals. All this kind of thing affects you and all that. And then he says, "But we might have to have this. This may have to go longer. Mm-hmm. You know, indefi- indefinitely. Mm-hmm. Well, if they're going indefinitely, the whole world's going to be completely psycho. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and maybe that's what they want." Mm-hmm. I, I guess uh, they'll go down the, the route of the Soviet Union where it's, oh, well, you've got mental health problems. Uh, it's, it's a gas chamber for you. Or mm-hmm. a bullet in the back of the head. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, or, you know, you're, you're basically... They'll bring in the asylum system again and just throw you in a, a room and put you in a straitjacket and that's the end of it. Yeah, because you live in the best of all possible worlds. Utopia, yeah. 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 It's we, utopia we, for them. We didn't have a very long preamble sound check, but we did actually pack quite a bit in there. And one of the things that we mentioned briefly was the the idea of the memory hole. And talking about mental health, do you recall during the lockdown that there were a lot of, even in the mainstream, articles about a rise in suicide and suicidal ideation and suicidal attempts, Mm -hmm. suicide attempts? Do you remember that? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well... I wanted to revisit that. I mean, fortunately, I download and save everything. I learned that from Alan. But, you know, then to find which driver or hard drive I have it on is another story. (laughs) So I just thought really quickly, let me look and find some of those articles about the rise in suicides during the lockdown. And, Neil... I wouldn't say that they're entirely scrubbed, but they are greatly reduced. And there are even new articles that say things like, well, at first we thought that there was going to be a rise, but um, further studies reveal that that was not the case. There was increased attempts among the teens. So they're, they're, they're backtracking, they're backpedaling that whole story. Well, they're the backpedaling on everything. As far as I can see right now. Well, that's true. Um, but, well, that, uh, we're going to put it. Yeah, I mean, that, the suicide thing was, was certainly going on because some of the, I was listening to the UK column and they, they were, they were having reports of that almost weekly. Mm-hmm. Um, people who were sending emails saying, I, I know my close family friend committed suicide, uh, da, 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 da. And basically, given the, the reason for it, they, they'd, you know, their, their partner had, had Apparently died from COVID or whatever, and they committed suicide. Blah blah blah. They couldn't. Uh, they couldn't go to the funeral and or whatever it may have been. Mm-hmm. But certainly the children. I remember at the time there was all these uh, children on on whatever it was, Meta, Facebook, or whatever it was at the time, and sites like that, TikTok. Um, you know, saying they wanted to end their life and all this kind of thing, and, and like influencers mm-hmm. to and and getting into the the, the young people's heads. 
that yeah, but your life's not worth living. Da da da. What future do you have? This is going to be it. You're never going to have a job. You're never going to do this. You're never going to do that. I guess if you're a young person going through puberty and you've got all this stuff going on, your body changing and all the rest of it, you think, well, what's it all for? You know, what's mm-hmm. what have I got to look forward to? And especially, I, I guess every every generation says that about the the youngest generation when you get to our age. Uh, you know, what's wrong with these people? They just have no uh, they no drive. They've no work ethic. They've no this. They've no, you know, and you see it. It's, it's been it's been taken out of them mm-hmm. because of the because of the last couple of decades, three decades, whatever it is, where they've been given everything and they've had an easy life. Not, well, not not I'm not going to generalise it because a lot of the people don't have a, a, an easy life. I, I guess if you take it in the the perspective of the, the middle class, say for example, they, they've been given everything they've, they've got and uh, they don't see any reason to work. No, mummy and dad will pay for it. You know, mm-hmm. they get given a car. I mean, I know I was never given a car. No, but in, you know, in terms of the you know social influencers, we don't really know what's theater and and what's not nowadays. But I recall also during this time that that I can th- I I don't keep up and it's not interesting to me. So I was completely unaware of who these people were. But I recall. At least two social influencers who committed suicide during that time, and then a couple of people. One was um, in the UK, but they were big on some show I'd never heard of, and they committed suicide. And another one, and I think in the states there was there were also a couple of those cases. And again, what are, are we looking at? Something real, or is this theater to demoralize young people? But mm-hmm. it happened. And those stories covering it were real, and now they're disappearing. And I, I, I mentioned this too. You, you and I were talking about what what's coming next. And of course, uh, just like Schwab, it's all speculative for us. But we were talking about you know the possibility that the next event might be well, it might be really real, and there might be some some serious kind of toxin released and I said that I had been discussing this with someone and I went to tell them about that um, tabletop exercise that was done in 2022 called uh, catastrophic contagion and it was done by the same event 201 people so that's Johns Hopkins University and Gates. the Bill and Melinda Gates yeah and the World Health Organization and so while I was speaking to this woman I was looking to try to bring it up and I said you're not going to believe this but I get a 404 error message this page does not exist every single page on the Johns Hopkins site it's it has a 404 error and and bill and melinda gates foundation it's as if the exercise never happened and fortunately it occurred to me oh the wayback machine and i i plugged in those uh, addresses there and i was able to download I, I i shouldn't even say this because i don't want a squad coming to the house but i was able to get all the pages plus all the videos that they put out around the exercise but in that they posit that the uh, this hypothetical pandemic has a very high fatality rate and it affects children and young people at, at a much well, higher rate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd also heard that the the uh, the peak of the vaccine damage will occur around about 2025, mm-hmm. and it'll, and it, that could well affect young people. So, are they, uh, is that a cover for that? We don't we don't know because I can tell you I I really don't 
I'm not swayed by the new normals that are put at me because I know that 13-year-old girls don't have embolisms routinely, and I know that 15-year-old boys don't uh, have strokes and heart attacks on oh. a routine basis. And the other little psyop that's going on right now is is making sure that all public places are equipped with de- de- defibrillators. Yeah, defibrillators, them, yeah. yeah, they're putting them all over London and Manchester and, and places like that, mm-hmm. just uh, just in case, right? Just in yeah. case somebody dropped dead of a heart attack. How how are you supposed to know as a member of the public if that person's having a heart attack or not? That's right. <laughs> and then yeah. you, you get the you get the electric bolts out and you go boom that'll that'll sort you out. You might just you might just as well kill them. I mean they might just have fainted. I mean yeah. how are you supposed to know about a heart attack? It's just crazy. But um, another thing that Swab said in this, this book, he was he was all for uh, you know clean air, clean water, healthy organic food, and yet at the same time he's all in there with Bill Gates uh, giving us uh, this mushy calls uh, Beyond Beef or Beyond Meat or whatever, yeah. all this garbage, <laughs> uh, you know uh, fake eggs from China and all this kind of stuff. And uh, but uh, he, he knows very well what makes uh, him and his uh, cohort good and healthy and live till 100 years old. Mm-hmm. But uh, not for, not for us, not for us. Uh, just like uh, King Charles, eh? King mm-hmm. Charles has just passed passed the uh, legislation to allow genetically modified food to be fed to the public. But uh, at the same time, he goes around the country with his own chef, his own organic food, and apparently uh, he gets 12 eggs in the morning and he picks one of them to be the right consistency and all the rest of it. So the other are living going to bin. Well, there's a sustainability for you, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, uh, yeah, that guy, uh, <laughs> I, I, we're not talking about this, okay, Just, we will not talk about it, but uh, he, get, he gets that uh, piece of gold and diamonds stuck on his head uh, in a few days' time, mm. and they're actually, they're actually calling for the public to declare vocally their allegiance in the streets. Can you believe that? I, I, I can. I can. I mean, the gall of it, the... Yeah. the <laughs> my, my friend... Uh, the same one who told me about the Norfolk exercise. Um, he said the only thing that will ever bring these people down is their own hubris. And uh, I think that's true. They're, they're just, uh, they're so carried away in their own power. And they're very, very careless now. They don't care who knows what they're doing. It's just that uh, not enough people pay attention to what they're doing. And I think that's why they're so confident they're going to get away with it. And maybe they will, maybe they won't. But um, I don't know how that would... Hubris, bring them down. Yeah, I don't know how that would work, though in reality because if they could be toppled by the weight of their own ego they'd be f- dropping all around us wouldn't they <laughs> maybe, maybe we're not maybe we're not at that stage yeah. maybe, you know, maybe it's, it's like you know it's um i guess it's stalin's perch right stalin's mm, perch uh, mm-hmm. all, all the people that helped them all along the way to get into power mm-hmm. were wiped out were wiped out and maybe I guess it's a bit of a opium, but uh, maybe somewhere along the way, somebody's going to go, hold on, wait a minute, um, we're next, mm-hmm. unless we do something about it. I mean, I, I can't believe that these military generals, uh, people in that kind of position, uh, the admirals or whatever the, whatever the rank is, the higher-ups in the military, don't understand history. I can't believe that. I can't believe they've not studied um you know the, the the Russian revolutions and all the rest, all the other things that have gone on in China and and elsewhere. I I I, I don't believe they don't know that stuff. Do they, do they think it's not going to happen to them? 
Is that it? I'm not, you know, gung-ho military or anything like that, but there was something that I was looking for the other day, and I happened to stumble. I'll never be able to find it again. Um, oh, yes, I did. I was actually looking to try to find about Gates' Impossible Burgers and Impossible Foods and, and how... I know that Biden had passed some kind of executive mm. order last year that was going to put uh, make these kinds of plant-based foods available at all of the federal places. And I stumbled upon a military-run website called CHAMP. Um, what does that stand for? I, I don't know. It's Uniformed Services university, human performance resources. It's all military stuff. But I found a program called, this is the U.S., right? The program is called Comrade. <laughs> Combat yeah. Rations Database. And oh. this is an interactive educational website designed for visitor visitors to view accurate, up-to-date nutritional information about combat ration menus. So they get in there all about, um, they have all of these different programs to get the military physically fit, like Got My Six. There's another one, like some kind of Go Green type thing. There, Yeah, Go for Green and the Warfighter Nutrition Guide. So I didn't find that much plant-based, but what I did find was a lot of woke, politically correct, feel-good language there mm -hmm. for the military that they feel good about. It's, it's not doing anything, I'm sure, to improve their health, but they all feel good that they're doing it. So that's where the military is going. They're not worried at all about studying history or learning from uh, purges or, you know, no. Nah. No, but the ones, I mean, the ones, I mean, I was talking about the ones that have been in there, you know, the, their whole lives. They must be, you know, 60 65 years old now. They, they must know all that stuff. Before all this woke stuff came in. They must know it. They must have studied it. Consider, you know, some of this, the new style, the new approach has really been on the go uh, in, based on some documents that Alan has shown me for at least 25 or 30 years. Hmm. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I guess there's pretty much as anybody else and uh, they can be... Mm -hmm injected with anything and uh, very much even further. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, I mean... Uh, even yeah. that document that came out from the um, Ministry of Defense in the UK, that w when was that, like 2007 or 6 or 7 that Alan talked about a lot that's up on the website, it talks about all these things like flash mobs and, oh, yeah. yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. But it, you know, the language used in there is, again, it's very politically correct. It's very... They don't say this, but they're adapting to the new normal of yeah. the military. I mean, I, I mean, where, where I work, it's, it's, it's uh, as you can imagine, the company I work for, it's very, very woke. And uh, they've got all this stuff all over the place to remind you how woke they are. But the people that work there, I get the impression they don't really buy into it at all. It's just they're just going along with it to get along. Mm -hmm. You know, um, certainly I am. I mean, I, just, I couldn't care less. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't offend anybody deliberately anyway. You know, I wouldn't go out my way to offend somebody because they were gay or whatever. I don't, I don't care. They can do what they want. As, as long as they let me do what I want. That's, that's the way I look at it. Live and let live kind of thing. The general public aren't buying into it, but they're going along with it. And that's, that's the problem. Mm -hmm. They're not, they're not, they're not uh, saying, hold on a minute. You got, this has got to stop. 
and until something happens to them. Paul has been watching some documentaries on the whole transgender thing and people who have done it and regretted it. Mm-hmm. But you'll never see these guys on TV. You, know, you never see any of these people. But there's been, in the last month or so, there's been a, a move towards making these people very, very violent. Now, I, I don't know if that's something to do with the, the hormones and things they're giving them or what it is, but uh, they're putting videos out there on TikTok or whatever of some of these trans women, men, whatever they are, um, hold machine guns and saying, oh, bring it on and all this kind of thing. And it's actually, you know, threatening what they call cisgender, which is just normal people, right? Mm-hmm. Threatening them with violence. Now, if you or I were to go online, make a video saying, you know, I think these transgenders need to be sorted out, uh, we'd be arrested. We'd be arrested, simple as that. But it's, it's okay for, and, and those videos actually wouldn't be allowed on these platforms. I try to look at and see what what is it exactly that I'm I'm looking at when I see this? Is this is this manufactured? Is this influencers? It, well, influencers is is this authorized theater? Is this state sponsored theater? Well, that's what that's what I think it is. I think it's there to incite. I, I don't think these people that are on there are actually transgender. I think they're dressed up in makeup and dresses mm-hmm. and all the rest of it mm-hmm. to go on there and incite that uh, movement, if you want to call that. Mm-hmm. To perpetrate violence on ordinary people, just like just like they did in the, the um, in Mao's time, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, dragging the teachers out of the schools and beheading them in the street or whatever they did, them hanging them from the lampposts. It's it's getting like that, but they're being set up for a fall, obviously, because there's there's not that many of them. You know, it seems it, whatever you look, it seems to be the same. You'll see the same faces in the crowds, and they're, they're in different cities. Yeah. You know, you, it's you, at different protests. Did you ever see those lectures that Yuri Bezmenov did? The, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, he he addresses subversion. yeah subversion, yeah. but he addresses these people that are used. Of course, mm-hmm. he would have he died well before the transgender movement, but he was addressing how these particular kinds of minorities are always used, they become violent, and then they are the first to be eliminated mm-hmm. at regime once, change. Once, once, they, once they fulfill the role. Mm-hmm. Well, again, it goes back to what I was saying about uh, Stalin's purges. You know, once they fulfill the role, and they've, they've consolidated the power in the hands of you know, very few people, then they're, they're obsolete. They're, they're not mm-hmm. required anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's exactly the same thing in, in all of this stuff. In fact, uh, the, uh, the doctors are going to be obsolete because uh, the AI is going to do all the diagnosis for them and uh, they won't be required anymore. No, um, absolutely. So, so I wonder if we're going to see the doctors hung out to dry on all this stuff comes to light in the public. Maybe you know these, these articles are coming out in the Daily Mail and things like that. Will, will they finally come out and say the doctors were to blame? The doctors should have known. The nurses should have known because they won't be needed either. None of them. You just reminded me of something there by mentioning doctors because, you know, people quite quite rightly will blame a mother for putting her child on the, you know, taking it to Drag Queen Story Hour or saying my 11-year-old needs hormone blockers. But let's look at the doctors here. That's what doesn't get said enough. The same thing with, you know, plastic surgery's gone wrong where a woman is increasing her bust size to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, be as long, uh, wide around <clears throat> as a hot tub, you know. Another one of these freakish cosme- cosmetic surgeries deaths just a couple of days ago. She was famous, I guess, for being the Kim Kardashian um, lookalike. 
and one too many plastic surgeries and died. And I don't know if you heard that horrific story. This is several years old now, but I think they've just released a study. At, it was at Denmark where... Did you hear about this teenage boy? No. That, yeah. Well, this is really graphic and gruesome and it's awful. But I will tell you that he was a 16-year-old teenage boy and he had his genitalia removed. And what they do, I, I, I didn't know this, but they... Turn it inside out. Yes, and they turn it into uh, the female genitalia. And because he had been on hormone blockers, his genitalia were not large enough to uh, accommodate the new the switch over. And they used they used part of his colon, and he got uh, what do they call it? Necrotizing fasciitis, and he died. Yeah, but from what from what yeah from what I've heard, men that have that done have to keep that opening open, and they have to have minor operations basically every so often to keep that open, or they will die. Oh, I didn't know that. No, it's, it's something they get infections. Uh, maybe it's the same thing that this guy died of, but they've got to keep it open. It's just it's madness, and I, you know, I'd be angry if my parents and doctor had done that to me. I'd, yes. I'd be want to kill. I'd be yeah. want to kill them. Yeah. And yeah. so, we, I mean, how can we be surprised through the last three years that we've lived through and uh, doctors who have no idea whether what they are putting in your arm is emergency use authorization or if it's been approved for, you know, since we... How, they don't how even can, know what it is. They don't, they don't know, know what, what it is. is, but how can we be surprised by the fact that they're not living by first do no harm yeah. When they've been at this butchery of young people for a long time now. Well, I, I mean, apart from the, the money incentive, there's got to be an element of evil in these people because I can't, I can't understand the type of mentality that would, that would firstly persuade a child to do that. Mm-hmm. Because they have to talk to them. They have to talk to them and say, well, you know, if you want to be a girl, we can do something about it and then go through with it and see the suffering of that child. Maybe not immediately, because the child will maybe think, oh, it's just a bit of pain, it's just, I've just got to go through this, and then I'll be a girl, you know, uh, but not realizing that, that it's for life, and you're going to be, you're going to have these, these pains and serious mental disorders for the rest of your days. And the doctor just moves on to the next child and does the mm-hmm. same thing again, he doesn't mm-hmm. care. Mm-mm. That there's something, there's something wrong with these doctors. There's something wrong with them. It's not just brainwashing, there's something wrong with them. I, I agree. I, I, I agree. Paula, Paula used to know some doctors. She was in, <laughs> she was, um, anyway, it doesn't matter. But um, she knew some doctors, and most of them, she said, were drunks or drug takers, and they were prescribing drugs for their, their wives and husbands. I, I've heard that quite often. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, is it any surprise to make mistakes? Mm. Uh, not that I'm saying these these things are doing the children mistakes. They're, they're certainly not mistakes. They're deliberate. Uh, Acts of um, grievous bodily harm. I mean, but, if you, but, but we're, I mean, you're you're into the area now of addiction, and um, you know, I I know that a lot of, I don't want to vilify addicts, but there is a big difference between um, somebody from the upper middle class who's gone through medical school and just wants to try out some drugs because he's swimming in them because some mini-skirted drug rep comes by all the time and says, try this or have this or whatever, 
and somebody who is living in what institutionalized intergenerational poverty and sees all of the manufacturing in their area, any job opportunity dry up, and so they get involved in, you know, Oxycontin or opioids or whatever, methamphetamines. There is a difference in what was your starting point for the addiction. Oh, definitely. Um, (laughs) You know, so I I think I'm going to be a little bit harder on the drug addict doctor than I am on... Oh, absolutely, because they they know what they're taking. Mm -hmm. They they know exactly what they're taking and the consequences. They do. And that addiction, that addictive, the the essential selfishness of a decision like that, um, I think I'm just going to be high all the time uh, living in my mansion, you know. Well, it's uh, it's not... it's not just abuse of themselves. It's abuse of the system. Ah. It's abuse of the position, and yeah. it's abuse of it's, a, it's the abu- an abuse of the patients because they're not fully functional as a doctor. No. So, yeah, they, they've given up any any right to uh, to the white coat, I guess. Yeah. At, at that point, they should have had a white uh, coat with the, the sleeves strapped around behind the back. One of those. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Straight jacket. <laughs> because I mean, because at the end of the day, if you're a do- if you're a doctor and you've uh, whether legitimately or not, you've gone in there to you know help serve the public good and all that kind of thing that we hear they're all supposed to be doing, uh, which is nonsense, I think. And then, then you you start to do that type of thing. Then you, there's there's something very very deviant about you. Mhm. Absolutely. Yeah. I always I always wondered where I don't know. If, I'm sure they have this. I think it was in Walgreens. I'm not sure if I've seen it in CVS, but they've all, they've got a bin there to put all your uh, unused medication. And I always wonder what happened to that. Where did uh, it go? I mean, somebody somebody throws a hundred tablets to Oxycontin, and they, you guarantee that's not going to be destroyed. That's uh, that's going to somebody's back pocket and. Uh, out on the street somewhere. Yeah. In my opinion. <laughs> Nothing against Walgreens, it's not their fault. Yeah. You know, yeah. Or any of the pharmacies, but uh, people will take advantage. Yeah. Including pharmacists. Uh, that's a, a terrible I mean, situation. Put, we've... put it this way, here's a scenario. A doctor hands out on a, on a prescription, I don't know, I don't know what comes in these packets, 20, 20, 30 oxycontin, say, and uh, one day he finds 10 in the bin and he goes, oh, okay, I I can I can uh, use that as spare. Yeah, I can. Uh, I've got a, I've got a friend of mine who could use some of this. You know, it's he can make it up in a prescription and use the new stuff for his friend. That's corruption everywhere. There's corruption everywhere. That's you know. true. I, I have very little faith in people anymore. I just any anybody anybody in a position of uh, authority that you find yourself in contact with, you kind of have to question what it is you're talking to. Because mm-hmm. uh, they they seem to have a totally different worldview, attitudes, uh, philosophy on life than you do, and uh, it's not good. It's all about them. It seems to be. They'll tell you about their new boat or their this that or the other. You know, oh, we went on vacation to so and so, and you think, okay, you went in 2021, so you must have been vaccinated. Okay, well, that's where you are. But you know know something, I mean, you you were talking about them becoming obsolete, and I think you're right. I mean, did you ever see that movie Idiocracy? Yeah. 
Yeah, yep. I mean, there there were no doctors. There's just, you go there and you point at smiley face or is it an owie on the knee or, a, you know, mm-hmm. what does it look like? And, and that's AI. Yeah. You, you well, know. I mean, AI, yeah. AI, again, we could have a discussion on that. AI, um, AI it, it, the word artificial is all you need to know. It's not intelligent, it's artificial. Yeah. Intelligent, intelligence, you can't get intelligence by being a computer. I don't, I don't care what anybody says because that, that thing has to be programmed from day one to what it's going to be intelligent about and what kind of philosophy or ideology or models it's going to have, empathy, etc., etc. And if that's not programmed into it, then it's just going to follow. Even if it is programmed in, it, it, it depends what, what it has been programmed, what, what level of empathy it's been given, what le- level of uh, concern for humanity it's been given, whatever it is. Um, and it's going to follow its own programming based on that criteria. It's not intelligent. It's no. just it's just, just following algorithms. And it's not they say it's learning, but it's only going to learn to the limits of what's been put in it primarily by its programmer. That's right. And, and it cannot be uh, worthwhile or very empathetic because look at look at who's running that show. Exactly. It can't be. <laughs> I mean Elon I I I hear people so-called truthers talk about Elon Musk and I think, what's wrong with you? Yeah. How, how can you possibly think this guy's on your side? <laughs> I mean, the, the same as, uh, you know, Anthony uh, Bridgen, the MP. I, I don't believe he's on our side either. I think no. he's just been thrown out there. Mm-hmm. Nobody's ever heard of this guy. How come yeah. it's, you, you never ever hear a senior, poli- you, you, you never hear the Deputy Prime Minister or somebody yeah. come out with that stuff. You know, somebody, somebody who people are going to actually listen to, albeit they shouldn't listen to them, but... <laughs> the thing I put, uh, or it was in the um, talk that I put up again from Alan where he was reading the Italian MP who was calling for the arrest of Bill Gates. This was back in May of 2020. And I, I looked her up, Sarah Keneal, just to find out what she was up to. And she's not, I mean, she's still like junior level, no impact or anything. And in the States, we've got, oh, I don't know that much about his career, but you know, Senator Ron Johnson. He's uh, always, yeah, he's always holding a hearing. Let's have an inquiry about it. So they, we yeah. have to have, and the Punch and Judy show has to include people who give impassioned speeches, and we can just hope that they're for real. But, um, but again, that's hopium. Well, again, it's uh, it's uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. Mm. running for president. Mm. Now, I, I heard somebody asked him the question. I saw the clip. Uh, somebody asked him the question. You know. What about, uh, he's going to run against Biden as, uh, on the Democrat ticket uh, to try and beat Biden to get the nomination. Um, and he says, uh, m- myself and the Biden family have been family friends for 40 years. So I would never get into a slinging match or a sling dirt at Joe, blah, 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 my friend Joe. And I'm thinking, well, he must know he's a criminal. He cannot mm-hmm. be that high up in, you know, in, the, in society and politics and whatever else he's involved in and not know that Joe Biden and his son are criminals. He cannot not know. And to, to get up on a, a, a mainstream TV channel and say he's a close family friend, well, you know, you're known by the company you keep. So, Well, you know, I it, mean, this is what, you, what, what we're looking at. Is, you know, what we're looking at is a class of people, the political class, and there for themselves and each other and their family ties and you know they go back 40 50 years whatever it's you know 
it's there, it's not for the people. It's not for the constituents. Why would he even think that Joe Biden and his son were criminals? Because they're of the same ilk. Well, the Ken- the Kennedys uh, started off uh, with the mafia. Uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. so it's not you know it shouldn't surprise anybody yeah. that these people yeah. are uh, in bed with each other. Yeah. Uh, Metaphorically speaking, I mean, uh, you uh, know, the, the, the patriarch Joseph Kennedy of the family was up to his eyeballs in mafia. Same with the Bronfmans yeah. up in Canada. They were, they were basically, you know, rum running Bronfman on one side of the border and Joe Kennedy on the other. And what Joe does is he had, you know, a bunch of children, but four of them were boys, and he groomed them all and put them into politics. Yeah, and that was the thing. Too- he knew that he was too dirty and corrupt to uh make to, to play that game right so same, he had same, yeah same system as the rockefellers yeah exactly, you know, exactly. Or the, sorry sorry the rothschilds you know grim, well it's rockefellers too rockefeller i mean remember old man rockefeller started well, off you know <laughs> yeah shooting shooting minors yeah exactly yeah, and, and, and I don't mean children, but uh, who knows? Yes. <laughs> they, shot, they, shot, they shot children at that mining camp as well. Well, listen, but, we've uh, been uh, we've been yapping away for a while about. I'm wondering if there is any like big thing that we got to get off our chest before we wrap it up for this talk. Well, you you talked about uh, I've only got one thing left here. You talked ah. about um, like some ca- catastrophic event, mm-hmm. and I saw a clip. I can't remember. It was it was it was an Asian channel. It might have been India, it might have been somewhere in uh, further east. Mm-hmm. But um, they were talking about hot water coming up through the ocean floor off the coast of uh, California. It was 80, 80 kilometers west of the coast. I can't remember what the city they named was. But anyway, it was down, down the west coast of America anyway. And they said that uh, scientists believe that this could be a precursor to one of the biggest earthquakes in world history. Uh, magnitude nine or over, Ooh. which would dis- which would devastate the west coast of America with a tsunami. Now we've seen the movies, <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, the fact that they're putting this out is a oh this could happen this could happen. I mean there, there's holes in the ocean floor all the time. That's oil leaks out of them and all sorts of things leak out of mm-hmm. them. Um, so why they're bringing this up, I don't know. They all also the have earthquakes in the ocean with yeah. some regular occurrence all the time. All the time, and it's I, never I wonder a how they're measuring something that they predict is going to be nine on the Richter scale. Yeah, basically because warm water is coming out of a hole. That, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, warm water obviously the, the center of Earth is warmer than the the water is, and uh, yeah, no, that that, that doesn't. Make that's sense. it. It's. I mean, vo- la- volcanoes happen underwater in the oceans. Lava mm-hmm. comes out of the water. You know, um, so yeah. I, I don't know why they're even reporting it as a story unless it's uh, as I say it's. Uh, Put the idea in your head. There could be some trouble there. Yeah. But well, anyway, I, we're going to have a movie soon about this, I think. I think there's already been one. Was it the day, the day after tomorrow? Was that not a tsunami? Well, there was a day after tomorrow. That, yeah, there was that, and there was another one. Actually, it was a kind of a fictionalized account of the the tsunami that happened. What was that year? 2012 or 20? 20, uh, it, was bef- it was before that. It was before 2012. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, pe- people understand there was uh, there used to be tsunamis in Scotland uh, way back when uh, between Norway and Scotland there would be an earthquake there, and the, the ocean would go back and forward and <laughs> and batter the coastlines. But uh, if you look at the the fjords in Norway, 
you can see where the tree line used to be, and uh, you can see where the water went up to, and all that thing. On the on the, uh, the east coast of Scotland, it's uh, it's pretty flat, so it kind of went inland. Yeah, there were tsunamis there as well. It's nothing new, but um, yeah, catastrophic contagion or catastrophic uh, earthquake, or who knows, Yellowstone. You know, that's funny. I, I don't know. You know, every, every time you get all these uh, things on Google that uh, show you the news stories you should watch, there's a, apparently there's a TV show called Yellowstone, which I've never watched before. Mm-hmm, I've uh, heard about that too. Yeah. Uh, and it says Yellowstone is ending soon. <laughs> 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 oh, <laughs> I wonder what that means. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It so, was Yellowstone yeah. was where the the movie 2012 was set, right? That. Yeah, 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 that yeah. went off. Yeah. It, it went uh-huh. off there. Mm. So who knows? And that's that's on the west coast as well, I believe, isn't it? Or, yeah. 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 So yeah. Ca- catastrophic. Uh, both of those things go off at once. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's America done. There's, there's your dark winter. Indeed. Well. The, ga- the garden is doing well. I should have mentioned that at the start. The garden's uh, taken off this year pretty good. Oh, good. Uh, what do you have going? Uh, tomatoes, peppers, uh, scallions, uh, cucumbers. Um, I've still got some broccoli, some cabbage coming up, sweet potatoes. I've mm. got loads of pigeon peas, loads of pigeon peas. Mm. I've, I've, I've probably got uh, 500 pigeon pea seeds. So there's 500 trees I've got sitting in a jar, oh, if anybody goodness. wants any. If anybody wants any, they can, <laughs> they can send you an email. <laughs> but yeah, if anybody wants some pigeon pea seeds, I've got plenty. Okay, well you have to send me some pictures of what the plants look like these well, days. Well, I, I need to do some weeding first. I'll just... Uh, <laughs> When I, get, when I get three days off, it's like one day is for rest and another two days I've got other things to do. It's just non-stop. Uh, but uh, I, there you go. Well, it's great so, to talk to you. So we're doing this on a – we've decided we're going to do this on a regular basis, maybe once a month or something like that, if we can do it. Is that right? Yep. It has been fun, as always, to talk to you, Neil, and I look forward to speaking with you next month. Yeah. I think I think it's very easy to get depressed with all this stuff, but uh, – as uh, you've mentioned many times before, Alan has a sense of humour, and I, I like to think I've got one. And uh, you have to add some humour in because if you don't, you're going insane. <laughs> you, you, and, you and, do. and you have to laugh at you have to laugh at these people as well because they are the ones that are insane. These people are, are are completely out of their minds. Uh, unfortunately, you know, the mental health problems don't seem to um, be anybody's concern to them. We're clearly at a situation where the lunatics are in charge of the asylum. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, we're trapped in the asylum here. But I, I, we do have to laugh and point it out, and we have to say no. Yeah, and this is, a, this is an asylum they built. Yeah. Not us. We didn't no. build the asylum. It no. was them. No. So, yeah, we have to break out of it. I think we've just got to start thinking of every way possible not to comply with anything. I, I yes. don't I, See, this, this, this whole digital ID thing, I, if enough people just say, no, screw you, you know, we're not doing that. That's right. Then it, it doesn't work. It can't work. It, just put the phone away. Just forget about it. And say, well, what are you going to do now? Mm-hmm. You know, you know, bring it on kind of thing. What are you going yeah. to do now? Because what's going to happen is uh, if there's only, you know, a few people, they're going to turn to, they won't need digital ID. They'll just wait outside the supermarket. And people will come out the supermarket, they'll just steal the food off them. That's right. That's, that's, that's the, and they, they must know this. So mm. what are they going to have? Security guards at the supermarket? Mm. Armed guards? I mean, who knows? Anyway. <sighs> well, on that cheery note, <laughs> we will... Uh, that's, got, that's called a bang for your buck. 
<laughs> That's right. So send me some pictures of the garden, and I will 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 speak again in June. Yeah. Well, um, with the with the caveat that it needs weeding. That nobody is going to hold a few weeds against <laughs> you, Neil. <laughs> I'll show you some. I'll show you some bees. I'll okay. Bees. All right. That's great. Yeah. All right. Take care. All right. Bye. Thank you.